Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ex World Explorers podcast. This is the podcast where we take a random prompt and we make an entire world around it. My name is Casey. I'm joined always by Isaac. And this week, we have a special guest. Hello, my name is the Nameless One. Anyway, yeah. so today we are world building a city. And this city... Uh, Essentially, the idea that I came up with for it was that it sees everyone that's living within it. Like, the city is sentient. And it uh, is looking for evildoers. And it punishes criminals that and uh, people that it deems immoral. Uh, I haven't fully come up with an idea of, like, what these punishments could be. Does it kill them? Does it imprison them, torture them? You know, whatever. And, but that's what I was thinking we could build off of. When you, The moment you said that, my first thought was that the ground just opens up and swallows them. I mean, that's one thing. <laughs> that's definitely so one thing. giant mimic say what? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. kind of. Pretty much. With D&D, uh, with &D, there's actually precedence for a mimic the size of a city. So there's there's something you could... Some of them are capable of speech and sapient thought as well well we don't Terrifying. necessarily need to limit ourselves to pre-existing world building and stuff like what you might find in D, D. we are we're building our own world we are this we could call this a mimic if we want to add mimics into the world uh but at least the, the, uh, so are we, we got, trying to do are we trying to do fantasy or sci-fi uh, whatever can, it turns out into. Yeah, it's just sort of whatever it turns into. Uh, I was thinking fantasy with this one, but if it somehow ends up being sci-fi, uh, we could funny. do that too. Yeah. So do do we want to start with like what what presidents exists in which the city just suddenly decides this person is no longer worthy to live? <laughs> um. Okay. So that is something I was wondering about. Like, what is the moral judgment, and like, what is the what is um, what does the, the city deem moral and immoral? because uh, th this could be an insane city where it's like even even the slightest hint of say like a little argument might get you in trouble with the city, where you start shouting at somebody. A little like school bullies could get in serious trouble, or it could be you have to do something serious like, say, uh, rob a bank or murder someone or something along those lines. That's sort of so either psychopaths, crime so coefficient, or reaction-based. Yeah. Yes. And it, also, the I was, again, I was thinking about it seeing everything that people do. And another thing I was wondering about was what if people found a way to bypass what it saw like a way that they could sort of disguise themselves or maybe do something in such a subtle way that the city would be unaware of their crimes so out of curiosity is the city like included in the building so it's this like an area and you add something into the area and then suddenly that just becomes part of the sentient being or is it a, it's very much confined in an area, so there's, like, buildings on the outskirts and stuff in which uh, it are detached from it. Because also there's the whole thing, if you're going to create a city like this, you have to make a reason for people to want to live in said city. Because I know if I was 
stuck in a city in which if I made a mistake, it would eat me. I wouldn't want to live there anymore. I would want to go to some place that's a bit more forgiving of uh, things. So there has to also be a reason why people are stuck inside the city. Um, it could be an option. It, it could be more of a thing where people actually choose to live in the city for protection. Because it might be a situation where if they're in the city, they know that they are safe because they say, oh, I'm the good guy. The city would never harm me. Uh that, yeah, I guess there's that, no crime that have, here. That would require a city to not be uh, psychotic and, you know, punishing, killing people for every so, little thing. Here's an idea. Um, without getting into the details of what the city is yet, if it is more than just a city, um, a religious organization of some sort that is basically the de facto religion left after some sort of apocalyptic, I can English, apocalyptic event. And it's not very hospitable outside of the city, but if you're part of the religion, you get a free pass into the city. Other people can join as well, but they have to go through like rigorous paperwork, whatever, bureaucracy, what have you. Um, and then certain individuals could have, say, a amnesty from the city itself. So certain high-ranking officials. Just do what they want. Yeah. <laughs> They're not affected. I, I like the idea of it being part of like a religion. I mean, especially it would. Like, if you have a city that has a moral code, some, a religion or something along that line is going to be built upon that because these are the laws of the land and it's not deemed by people, it's deemed by a deity that you just happen to live inside. Okay, so the city is perhaps some sort of god or something along those lines. It would be a good reason for people to want to live there too. Like, you know, if you're part of this religion, then you're not going to leave the city in which your god reside like you want to be inside your god it's it sounds weird don't take it out of context um, but you know they want to they want to be close to their god and they want to be sure that they're following the rules so they continue to live inside of it yeah i could see that definitely being the case now if they were living inside of the city like what is the reason for joining this uh religion it, it, okay like you were saying the outside might be like an apocalyptic wasteland uh but is there any way that people would is it so bad that people can't go out and form their own separate city and it, it's to a point where they would choose to live inside of this city um let's see like like uh why not go out and rebuild is it yeah. Uh, it, like, is there like a toxic gas or something beyond the city? Is there, um, I guess it kind of depends on like running? what type, yeah, uh, it depends on like what type of story you want to write. So, if you want a story that's very much confined to the city where people are not always happy living in the city, but they're kind of stuck there and you want that dynamic, then obviously you'd want something outside the city preventing people from leaving. But if you're interested in having more of an adventure rate, related thing of 
people going in and out of the city and other societies existing in a quote-unquote like worse area outside the city like an area that's still recovering that doesn't have the safety where you don't know people because they can stab you in your back here and not face any consequences unlike inside the city and if you want that dynamic like a versus like is it better to live outside the city in a harsher environment where people can do anything they want against you but you at least have free will and stuff like that or is it better to live inside a city where everything is regulated uh and if you make a wrong wrong move then that's just that one of the things you could do if you wanted the everybody's trapped inside the city is have some sort of colossus or something like that there are a group of in entities that are just beyond the capabilities of the current civilization to deal with. And the city just provides a supernatural level of protection against them because it could potentially be one of them and they just don't know it. It's all just So maybe the city isn't necessarily a god but perhaps it's treated as a god when it's really just this one incredibly powerful being that's more powerful than most of the other creatures roaming about the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't that how most gods are made? Uh, essentially, yeah. I mean, it's it just, uh, early on, it did feel a little weird to, to have the, the religious people worshipping the city as though it was a god and everything, because it would just be a very, very small god. Like, it's, it's I mean, pretty. It's technically, you could, them. technically, you could also go with the, they believe it's an extension of their god or something to that effect. It just happens to follow the rules that they want, and they have ways of making it ignore certain people but you to know. everybody else it's the wrath of their god striking them down so if they were to um ignore certain people or if the city were to ignore certain people what would people be doing to cause it to ignore them is there some sort of a sacrifice they have to make um something to keep the city satiated what is it First thought was like human sacrifices, but I feel like there's enough death in this world <laughs> without that. Um, so you could either do the human sacrifice route or just have it that uh, anybody living there has to be like at least not an enemy of the religion. So they could totally be like, if you use magic or if you use this type of thing, you're not allowed in here. And then anybody else can come in, but they have to follow the rules. Otherwise, the city will smite them. So yeah. if there are people who aren't affected, there's kind of two ways this can go about. One of them is that, yeah, they need like a blessing of sorts from a god and they have to do something to get that blessing. Or the other thing is, is that these people are actually the ones controlling the city. Like they're the mm -hmm. ones who program the rules into the city. Um, uh, it's, you know, it's not actually a god, it's actually people. Uh, and both of those, I feel like, have a lot of pros and cons. Uh, I personally kind of want to lean more to an actual, like, deities there, and these guys are worshipping it, and they're doing something, because I think that's an interesting dynamic of, like, why would a god ignore certain people or give certain people privileges over the other? Um, the other one just feels very, um, almost overused, you know, ignore the man behind the curtain type thing. <laughs>
Yeah, I'm personally yeah, down I'm with either one. I feel like one of them is definitely easier. Like, it's definitely easier just to say, oh, the people are controlling it. More so than to say, like, there is a deity and now they have to do something and, like, justifying. See, see, I'm a huge fan of um lovecraftian or uh, cosmic horror so the idea that it it's some sort of entity that doesn't even really necessarily care about them or like that they exist there that it's just kind of like having ticks or fleas but uh they are able to manipulate it to react to certain things is an interesting idea you could say through either tech or magic that they are able to force a reaction in certain areas whenever somebody is doing something they don't like. So would this thing be like connected to people's thoughts or their emotions or I'm interested what it's actually reading. If it's just reading body language, so you actually action an action you're committing, or if it's actually able to see into your thoughts and your intentions and be able to even stop you before you do something. I think it would actually be better for story purposes, or at least one story that I had in mind. Depends on the type of story you want to write. But a story that I had in mind, it would be better if they, uh, if the city wasn't able to read thoughts and emotions and stuff and instead just sort of watch what you're doing. Because an idea for a story I had in mind was that you could have a group of people who are trying to break the law somehow, like perhaps commit some sort of a heist and they're trying to not get caught by the city that sees everything or they're trying to assassinate somebody, but they don't want to get caught by the city. And the way they could do it is by uh, planning out some, uh, some uh, things to occur and set up some circumstances where they will accidentally quote unquote, uh, cause someone's death, like an accidental death or, um, accidentally have some equipment go haywire and break down the wall that happens to be the bank and then while they're going and then re maybe they have the job to rebuild the wall or whatever no one's watching them because they expect the city to watch them and uh so, and so there's no need for surveillance and then in the process they might find some sort of way to uh sneak some money past the city's eyes or however it sees people like, you know, that's the sort of thing I was thinking where if it knew your thoughts and emotions, that sort of story could not happen. Yeah, I, I do find it interesting that I honestly think murdering someone would be easier than a, a bank heist. Yeah, that's that's actually true, because like uh, all you have to do is um, maybe uh, somehow accidentally have just like a couple of rocks in the road or brick or something that causes your vehicle to run off the road and then crash you know that sort of thing i just i left this item it fell out of my bed by accident the city doesn't realize that it wasn't an accident and it accidentally caused someone to die and then if you act horrified by this and apologetic the city will probably believe you because <laughs> i mean or maybe it won't i don't know how if uh, like how a city would feel about like accidental murders well, if it's being controlled by some people, then it depends on the people running the the religion and everything. Well, if it is a de like an actual entity that's uh, programmed to do thing like uh, to react to things, then I don't think it matters if it's an accident or not. It's not going to see it as that. It just saw, oh, this happened. This person did it. 
into but staging accidents would be a good way to essentially assassinate people yeah yeah where it's like you stage the accident you leave the room and then it occurs quick question what what i'm thinking is like you stage an accident and the person that you're wanting to die is like oh my god it's an accident and then however the execution happens that person's gone now it yeah, was like, a basically yeah. like an they all it saw was thing happened and it reacted to the result. Yeah. So, quick question: Can the city read? Can the city read that? Well, I think we still have to determine if it's a city that uh, is a god-like creature or if it's a. If it's being controlled or what, I mean, because if it's just an animal, I don't think it could read. Um, I would, I would say godlike entity, but it's not as involved as everybody thinks it is. Is more of an interesting take on it. Yeah, because you know, I'm wondering if like a kid could have a journal and write like all their horrible thoughts and terrible ideas and stuff, and the city just not realize that's what they're doing, or you know, like if you're planning a heist or a murder. You just never talk about it. You just write things. And in which case, would writing become a suspicious activity? Would reading become almost illegal or something like creating language and stuff like that that's written because they're trying, because it's becoming a method of people uh, working around the rules and regulations. So now all of a sudden you have people who are a city that's watching out for people who's learning how to read. Do we have a illiterate city because? I feel like um, since we're going with like a religious um, organization basically running the city, I feel like they would further, they would essentially have inquisitions and further try to uh, take uh, carry out what they would say is the will of the city for the ones that aren't like obvious cause and effect type things. So like somebody... Uh, doing like what sedition, insurrection, terrorism, things like that, that doesn't involve, oh, that guy exploded. So, that would uh, be something where they would enforce it that way to cause further restrictions. Something I was wondering about with the whole text and reading thing was. If, uh, what if this religion uh, did ban reading and writing and stuff because that would be seen as an illegal activity, it's too suspicious, and the uh, city is trained to react to that. However, um, maybe they had their own religious texts. Either they could have their own religious texts, and uh, those are the only, that's the only reading and writing that's allowed. Or, um, oh no, I lost, I'm losing my thought. Okay, so they have their own religious texts, and maybe if you were to perform some sort of, uh, crime, you could pretend as though you were reading off of religious texts or handing someone religious texts, the city wouldn't know the difference. But if you can fool the city, then you could still pass notes and stuff with plans. I feel like... Since the religious organization is kind of like we're kind of leaning towards them being in control, having the the occasional just like somebody's acting suspicious enough, they send the Inquisition and they drag them out. 
find whether it's actual material that uh, is not like uh, approved by the religion or it's planted. They drag them out into the street and then have the city execute them. Just more death. So actually, now I gotta wonder: Is the city purely a surveillance system, or is it a surveillance and judgment system? Because we're talking about this Inquisition going out and killing people and capturing them and everything. But if the city has its own judgment system, then they wouldn't need to do that. The city would kill it, kill them itself. So. Does the city just alert the Inquisition and the religion, or the religious people, or does it uh, take action itself? So I think it might be more interesting if it didn't take action. It just gives a couple more opportunities for uh, a story, I think, where it's just a couple so more small ways that are still risky, but the protagonist still could get one over on the city. So I think having the city be like more reactionary where it's where it doesn't really care like it does carry out sentences, but it doesn't dole out the judgment for it. And then the uh like this Inquisition, the Inquisitors are like capable of screaming out random prayers that are supposed to mean something. In reality it's just letting somebody on the other end know to get the city to react and do whatever the execution method is to take care of this person that they're dragged out into the street. And it also gives it more potential for like the higher ups to abuse it that way. So that that way there's even more reason for like a group of people to want to revolt is you've got this oppressive regime that controls the city and uses it to essentially take out anybody they consider rivals of any kind. Well, first, and then, these people would have to realize that the city is not uh, a god, and then they would revolt. Well, it, I think an interesting dynamic that the city allows is... The city having, like, really, especially considering we are leaning more towards it being fully sentient, which I personally would like, because the idea of the city backstabbing the religious group, like, deciding to side with someone else for whatever reason, and, you know, the idea of one person building a relationship with an entire freaking city just sounds like an interesting story. Like, somehow this one person's connecting with the city on a deeper level than even, like, the religious people are. Uh, and then they're finding they can get away with things that they probably shouldn't be able to. Uh, and so, like, we could go with the idea that, like, the city doesn't actually notice average citizens or the Inquisition or whatever. They're, it's just kind of doing its own thing and occasionally doing the equivalent of scratching an itch. But uh, the main character has somehow managed to get the city to notice him or her. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's broken down a barrier somehow, um, whether that be, like, just through its interactions with it or uh, I, I want to kind of avoid the chosen one trope, but, you know, there's always the chosen one trope. Um, I have an idea. And then this person, yeah, this I mean, person could... being able to leave resistance against it. <laughs> 
you could always go with an entire organization has realized what is actually going on and is working to actually get in contact with the entity rather than just causing it to react to things that you want it to. Well, what if- I do think the only way to survive the city or like to, to gain freedom from what's happening is to win over the city, to get it to notice you in a more positive light. Yeah, and that is kind of what I was thinking could happen. Because what if, because um, clearly the Inquisition, the religion, whatever, they need to somehow uh, train the city to do what they want. And I think that they could do it by uh, giving the city maybe some sort of a food that it eats, something giving it something that it likes, doing something that the city enjoys, that the city appreciates to help reinforce the city's um they help condition the city to enforce the religion and I'm thinking, turning what the if this... relationship from parasitic to symbiotic yeah yeah and what i'm thinking is what if this uh this protagonist accidentally did whatever the thing was that the city likes found out that the city appreciates it and continued to do this thing to build that relationship you do have to be careful, though, with stories like that, because there's a lot of them where, you know, you have a person does this thing and you look at them and be like, yeah, so why hasn't more people done that thing and figured this out? And like, why is this one person special enough to figure it out? That's the big thing. It's got to be something so, so fast, like readers so fast or listeners. Perhaps yeah. having a for like a forbidden area that um, they're not allowed to visit and they're been people that visited perhaps it's I'm a trying forbidden to think of... area where a, sp- a specific task needs to be accomplished and this forbidden area is where the inquisition generally goes to do their specific task um it could be i don't know the mouth of the city who knows uh where they feed it something here's an uh, here's an idea here's an idea how about we have the inquisition doing it wrong and then one of their number does it right once and realizes what's going on he's been indoctrinated for so long that he's seeing the change in the reaction that they're they're getting kind of like like so it turns his it's like turns his world upside down okay so i have a weird the religious yeah, so you have this religious group. Yeah, you, I'll get that out there eventually. You have this religious group, and over the years, because this is a long-term world, I'm assuming, over the years, this religious group has gotten to the point where maybe they even start believing in their ceremonies and that this is actually real and that this entity is a deity of sorts and stuff like that. And they have their system and things like that. One person makes a mistake in the thing and then they watch as it reacts differently almost everyone else kind of just accepts this as this person did a mistake uh move on with life but the other person suddenly realizing oh maybe this entity has more feelings and ideas than we first thought and maybe i should start experimenting with it and they do and the reason they start doing this is because they're in that place of power enough to make that mistake to realize it I have a bit of a weird idea. You're going to have to let me know if this is too weird or not to work. Um, but what if this uh, Inquisition, this religion, that whenever somebody violated their religion, 
um, they execute the person and then feed it to the city, like through the mouth of the city that I had mentioned earlier. But the city does not appreciate human sacrifice and humans as food and would prefer uh, something like uh, plants. But that's all it keeps getting fed. But these religious people don't know that, and so they're starving the uh, city of all of the of um, any plants that it might normally get. And uh, the, the city understands that if you if I direct them to humans, they will throw the humans in. But if I direct them to plants, they'll just ignore it. The the issue then becomes like one: how is that? correlating and two why hasn't it just decided to go in search of food yeah uh what if the city is either unable to move or it moves really slowly because like it's just so big it's hard and it's somewhat maybe like buried into the ground like it's bottom half it's like essentially sitting in a crater uh well, that it's hard for it to move around and get food and it's hard to get move that food into its mouth it needs some assistance then normally then something like that would either be sitting in food or it would be doing something to the effect of like finding creatures that would feed it what it wants well that's sort of what the humans are doing it's trying to find the humans to feed it and also maybe it it once was sitting in a place where it could get food, but then it, 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 the location it was sitting at ran dry, or maybe there's a drought or something, it killed vegetation, and it was no longer able to feed. And then these... I, I still think, I think humans would be a, in order for this to work, humans would have to be like a valid food source. But it might, it might have a favorite food that's not humans. And that could be where the difference lies, but like, it's content as long as it's being fed and it doesn't really care what it's being fed. But then suddenly there's a person who's like, I wonder if it prefers this or this and starts like experimenting and it actually appreciates variety for, you know, I'm sure all of us appreciate variety in our diet. Um, I feel like, I feel like having the city capable of movement would make a lot more sense though, because you're talking about something large enough for it to be considered a city it's going to need pretty large quantities of food. So like the manufacturing of corpses is not, unless we're talking like a Warhammer 40 K like hive city sized city, it's not going to manufacture enough corpses to feed something that size. I mean, but it's also, you know, there's other means of food like, so we often on this podcast have things being fed by stuff like human emotions or memories or things like that. So, you know, the idea of, like, the soul being able to feed something, like, a little bit of soul being able to fill a creature of mass size a lot better than, say, like, plants or something like does, is a pretty common thing in worlds like this. So I think that maybe they would have to, their execution process would have to be throwing a living person into the pit, into the mouth or whatever. Because if you kill a person and then throw them in, they, their soul, I would say it's gone. Yeah. Like it's already moved on. Yeah. So, but Which, at the Then you'd have to ask what time. happens to the souls. 
after they're eaten? Do they just sort of I mean, cease to exist? They turn into it's a depressing world. <laughs> uh, but also, I one thing to think is like this mouth I, this whole mouth idea. I think kind of negates some of the fear of the city because now you do have to be caught by someone in a way. Like, sure, the city alerts them, but then you have to be found. Well, before we had the city could, and if you do something wrong, the city at any point can just open up and you're gone and kill you. And I think that was the intriguing part about this world was that you don't know if at any point the city is going to turn on you. And I think if we just have the big one mouth that they're feeding things in, we lose that element. Okay, so if we want to go back to how it was before with the mouth opening up wherever, we would, I think we would need to change a couple of things in terms of how the city works. But for the most part... For the most part, I think it could remain the same. Yeah. Uh, the the giant mimic idea actually kind of comes a little more like it because of the fact that a mimic is kind of an amorphous creature and can imitate shapes of things. Like having the idea that they're living inside of a giant mimic kind of like prevents the idea of well, where's the mouth coming from? Like, how does it open up in the right places? Do they have to drag it to a fucking manhole cover? Like, yeah. it it prevents a lot of that kind of uh, issue. It also explains why, like, all the walls and the buildings are part of the city. It's because the city's designing it. Like, I think that these uh, religious people, this organization, would be in charge of is managing design of the city and like requesting new buildings to be built and designed and it's just this entity growing parts and shape shifting in ways to be more accommodating for more people as it grows and stuff like that or shrinks we don't know and if it's food or motivated and the inquisition is basically like you eat this guy and then all we do, all we want to do is live here. If we tell you which ones to eat, then it it seems like a pretty good deal for a mimic. Yeah, but you yeah. gotta ask, why doesn't the mimic just eat everyone? Because it's farming food. It's not dumb. Yeah, at that size, they would theoretically be intelligent enough to realize if it ate everything on top of it right now, what's it gonna do later? Yeah, yeah, but what does it care about, like, in terms of which ones to eat? Why does it care about the moral judgment system? Uh, because it, it, if, that's, I, the, that's the cool I, thing. I, it doesn't. Yeah, but here's the thing, Isaac. If people, uh, if you're going to live, no one's going to live in a town in which you could randomly get eaten. People would leave. And I think that they've managed to convince the city of that. Like, they've managed to... I'm, the city has enough intelligence to realize that if it breaks its moral code that it's been given to how to eat things, then everyone in the city would leave and it would lose its food source that way. Okay, so now you've got a situation. Now we got a situation of what if the mimic is getting hungry enough to where uh, it's gonna try and sneakily eat someone, like without, like it'll just like you it's ever gonna- wondered. You ever wondered why the city has no poor people? 
No beggars on the streets. (laughs) Don't go down a dark alley by yourself. You might not come out. And that could be a thing. There could be like a whole boogeyman aspect to this uh, where there is still some fear of like, if you go down an alley, you could just disappear for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, I I think it might be a normal thing to always let people know where you're going, what your plans are for the day so that everyone knows what is happening. Everyone is always aware of what yeah, everybody's doing if so that if you disappear people can assume that the mimic ate you and but they're going to assume you did something wrong because that's the thing the mimic is only gonna sneak these people if there's no one around to watch them eat it in which case if, if people are gonna think something wrong and that's why they're dead and if the person doesn't tell people what they're doing where they're going and aren't public with it essentially then there must be Planning something because they're being all sneaky like about it. Yeah. So it's perfectly fine to eat them. I just yeah. wanted to plan a birthday party. <laughs> and now no your lunch. Yeah, no surprise birthday parties. They're deadly. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking, uh, yeah, th- that could work. Uh, if again, I think souls have can feed it in a better way like it takes less weight of a soul than it does for us to like eat mood constantly so it can it can maintain a creature uh and you know the bigger the city grows the bigger the creature grows the more the creature has to rely on the city because now it's at the point where if it loses the city it will starve it'll die there's no way it's going to be able to find a food source to maintain it again at this point like it's and it's it's aware of this and the religious people are aware of this and what's happening is that another group is becoming aware of this. And now the city's going to get options. And that's when things get interesting. Oh, so the city now has to pick sides. Yeah. And so everybody's Who's going to feed me better? That's pretty much it. It's like they, they got to <laughs> yeah. somehow convince the people of the city why I, why their religion is superior. And while also oh, You don't have to convince the people. You just have to convince the city pretty much. Yeah. You, the people... I mean, what, the moment you have the, the people city are on just your side, the people are, they just yeah, don't know you yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm just thinking that you would still probably have to do both convince the city and convince the people because the people might leave. And if they leave, then the, uh, yeah, I think that might be a determining factor in which side the mimic that's chooses. Actually a good, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Cause if, uh, if you are the, say you're the inquisition, you've been usurped. You start yelling and screaming about religious things that they've taken the city from us, and we must leave now to find a new city. And there goes half the food source. Now you look really good, too. And the city has no real choice but to basically enforce its own, like, if you try and leave, I'll eat you. If you if you do things that I don't like, I'll eat you. If you just exist in the wrong spot at the wrong time, I'll eat you. That's an interesting idea, too, like, a first story is that the city just goes rogue. There's this division, and people are threatening to leave, and now the city's panicking. And <laughs> how how does this creature respond to that? And all of a sudden, this creature that could care less, it was just enjoying its food and getting to grow and live its life, all of a sudden has to learn politics. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a- like that, we turned it into a grim, dark comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that works. Do we want to? Do we want to world build beyond the city, or do we want to 
and it here. Like, like think, we barely touched the beyond the city. I think the city was the highlight of this, and we won't really have to go beyond. I think just the idea that people can leave, and that's something that this entity has to be aware of, is all that we really need to know. But that it's difficult to leave still. Like, it's not nice out there. You can survive, but it's not nice. It's nicer in the city. Even with the, the threat of, if you're trying to plan a surprise birthday party, you might get eaten. Because you're <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> It's just it's just nicer in the city than out. Yeah. You could yeah. have it anywhere from post apocalyptic post apocalyptic I I swear I can English events or like just roving bands of monsters that make life difficult for anything larger or anything smaller than a large city. So that's that can be on the, you know, whoever wants to pick up the story and write it. Because one thing we do do on this podcast is we, all of the stuff that we do here is for use. Like if someone wants to write a book or make a movie or TV series or whatever based off of it, feel free. We don't if own that, this. If that pops public. up, I want to see it. Yes. Yeah, that's one thing. We're like, we would love if you just sent it to us so we could see it. And I, I think that's the goal one day is to, you know you're scrolling through netflix one day and you're like hey this looks familiar <laughs> that'd be the dream uh but yeah i think i'm personally pretty pleased with this i think the idea of a, a mimic of sorts giant city that has to learn politics uh but also eat people is again like a, it's the grim comedy of sorts and it's it's an amusing concept that i, I think would be good for i'm thinking tv series personally would be more the more interesting genre to take with it, but it could be an interesting book too. Yeah, I, I I'm wondering how long of a story this could actually go for. You could get some seasons, I think. I mean, I, I was thinking a single movie, but a movie could be fun too. But uh, it could, I mean, you could turn it into a show, uh, especially if you were to have <laughs> multiple stories of people trying to, um avoid the mimic and the religion it and the inquisition and keep on committing all these crimes like i was talking about again like these high stories and assassination stories all trying to bypass this gigantic crazy sentient uh surveillance system just seems interesting to me i feel like you'd eventually if you did a show you'd eventually have to expand it beyond the city though yeah i i would agree yeah, but at the same, it's. I do think it's interesting that this you have this overarching plot of a city figuring out politics, uh, and in between you have these people making decisions, and you might just follow one group for an episode and another group for an episode, and you have no clue who's going to just end up getting eaten at any point, and it could just happen in weird, bizarre ways that really shock people, but at the same time kind of makes sense because that's just the world that they live in, uh, and the city has to make these decisions that you know, affect if it gets to survive or not, or if the people get to. It's an interesting show. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of places, which are my favorite type. But I think that's a good place to end it. Thank you, Nameless, for joining us on this. No also problem. Yeah, thank yeah. you very much for coming aboard to our weird uh, podcast where we think up weird things. Like mouths in the ground. <laughs> I was thinking more of a hole, but sure, if you want to give it teeth. <laughs> I think that the mimic can uh, create teeth for itself when it swallows people. 
Who wants to? It's just spikes on the way down that squeeze in. It's this is this is a rated mature show. It's show. a meat grinder. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's a good place to end it. We're gonna we'll be back next week, uh, where I think we're doing a Christmas special. I'm saying in the podcast now we have to do a Christmas special. Uh, so we'll build a Christmas themed world next week. So less less murder, hopefully. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Little <laughs> we'll did you know you're building Krampus's workshop. <laughs> uh, we night. did that last year. <laughs> so we can't do it this year. We already made the uh, anti Santa, so we'll we'll try not to do that. We named again. him Tanas. We did name him Tanoth. It's Santa backwards. <laughs> Santa <laughs> backwards. We, we, went, we went through a couple of weird translation explanations yeah. as to how we got to Tanas, but one of them was it's reversed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll leave so- it off here. See you guys next week. Goodbye. Don't forget to drink water. <laughs> water is important. That's a very important thing to remember. The, everyone's already left the podcast. They're gone yeah. already, guys. <laughs> Bye. <It's>... <laughs> <laughs> it always happens. The outro goes for like 30 minutes. <laughs> just like... <laughs>